Hey, this is Jim. Just a quick note. Um, Mike and I talked in this episode about Michael Fahey's powerlifting movie, but we did not mention the name. The name is West Side vs. the World, and it is being released on iTunes on May 7th. Uh, other platforms to follow. I don't have any details on that at all. I don't know when Netflix is coming. I don't know any of those things. If you have any questions, you should go to the website and see the latest updates there. Uh, also, I recorded an episode last year of my other show, my solo podcast, The Lesson Obvious Podcast, with Michael Fahey talking about the process of making the movie. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. Check it out if you're interested to hear what it all what all it took to make that film. And now enjoy this episode of 50% Facts. You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Yeah, you want a little thrill? Uh, Matt, Aerosmith just seems it seems like it's made for a roller coaster. Aerosmith music. I, it, but at Disneyland or at it, Disney Park? I mean, that doesn't seem like it's made for... It's Dude look like a lady. I would love that. It's, uh, <laughs> I think it's Disney Hollywood or something. Uh, Disney World has like 30 parks or something. They have like three water parks. Uh, okay. Animal Kingdom. Okay. Epcot. Uh-huh. Uh, Magic Kingdom. Uh-huh. Maybe one more. Is there is there a, a California Adventure version in Florida? So it's called Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's where Aerosmith is. Okay. So it's like, a, maybe is it a little bit more like a Universal Studios? But there's one of those in Florida, too. Yeah, I don't know what it's like. I don't, it's, Never been. About to see, go, I though. I don't understand. I don't understand a Universal Studios in Florida. When the Universal Studios that's in... In LA, yeah, it's real sets. Is a real, yeah. I mean, right. you can go through. You can see the fucking Psycho House and right. and the and the Back to the Future uh, City Hall and, and all that crap. And I think they have meetings there regularly, like not where that little ride takes you, but right next to it is that, the actual studios where they're still filming. What's that stupid show? Thirty Rock from the Sun or whatever you normie people watch. <laughs> That's two different shows that I don't know that either one of them is still on. <laughs> Seinfeld House. Full Family Matters. All those shit shows you guys watch. Actually, Family Matters was a great show, but all the rest sucks. Full, what full, is it? 30? Fuller House. Yeah. Someone told me they were watching that. I was like, oh my God. And I liked Netflix. Full Full House was good. Yeah. I, I agree, but I tried to watch Fuller House. And I'm just like, Whoa. Did you watch Cobra Kai? No, I actually heard that was good, though. I heard it was good, too. I haven't watched it at all. I just watched... Um, I've been going through because so what stream so we do this in the morning. I work out. I come here. We do some of this, and then I stream, and uh-huh. then and then I'm hyped up all day long on caffeine and trying to entertain people. Uh-huh. So reach ten o'clock. I'm like, man, I gotta sleep somehow. So it's I've been watching a lot of Netflix for the first time ever. Really, I, yeah. I never used to watch TV shows, and so um, I've been whipping through a series. I watched all the Game of Thrones front to back again. Jeez, so good. Probably it really is the best series in my opinion ever. Um, I just watched Sex Education. I that's so good. It's pretty good. It's really good. It's kind of like uh, I told Connor to watch it. It's kind of like a super bad almost uh, yeah. type vibe, like awkward teens, but kind of they're kind of funny. It's really good. I uh, whipped through that pretty quick, but um, and now now I don't know what else to watch. Uh, Sex Education is uh, kind of an homage to the. Films like uh, Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink, J- John Hughes, eighties teen 
angsty comedies. The sh- the, it's weird though because they they and maybe it's just me. I wasn't paying that much attention, but they won't tell you when it is. Like some of the cars are from the seventies. Oh, they don't even tell you where it is. It's somewhere in the UK. It's filmed in Wales. But they played music that was, I swear, eighties music. No, I swear they played like two thousands music in one. Oh, they and, may have to. Yeah, and then, and then they were like talking. Well, they have cell phones. They have right. They have smartphones and stuff. Yeah, right. They, that's why it's so mixed, which is actually kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. ambiguous. Uh, but yeah, the, the mom drives like a nineteen seventy five Mercedes. Yeah, and then the outfits because of. What What's in style right now? It is '90s, '80s, but that's in style right now too. And then you said they have smartphones and some of the activities and stuff. You're like, man, it's like current, but not current. You know what it kind of reminds me of in a way is uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, a little bit. Because you couldn't tell when that was either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you think it's the '70s, but it could be modern. It could be, yeah, because it was a real mixture of technology and and uh, language and yeah. you know jargon and stuff it was it was interesting and then to americans like it's already different because they have accents and who knows what their schooling's like anyways so. right, right it is good though it is pretty good so i got a message the other day from um my good friend um michael fahey and he was talking about a video that you did with bart yeah talking about what if they did a powerlifting movie oh yeah yeah and he's like dude I just made a powerlifting movie. It's true. Well, that's like a documentary, though. And it, yeah, and it was at Bart's gym. Uh, so that was documentary, and we referred to. We were thinking. I think what popped up. So what happened is because I'm a terrible guest on YouTube channels, but I'm often on them. Uh, they had a whole list. Nadim, shout out to Nadim. Nadim had a whole list of like perfect topics to talk about. Uh-huh. And then I think what happens is me and Bart are so similar in ADD, we just start talking. And so then we cover nothing that he wants us to talk about. And then he titles it later. So I think me and Nad- uh, me and Bart just started talking about shit, Uh-oh. and we're just running and screaming, and then we start talking about Rocky and remember the Titans and how much we love that. And yeah. then I think Nadim is actually a really good host, trying to hold us back and tries to make a topic out of it. Yeah, but we're just rambling. Yeah. And so what we ended up talking about is Nadim said, I think he said he didn't like any sports movies. So then me and Bart start screaming what awesome sports movies are and how dumb Nadim is. And then Nadim's like, Well, what about a powerlifting movie? And I think it was in reference to like kind of the Rocky thing yeah. or, or the Remember the Titans. Titans. What I was surprised about is in the comments section, everyone's like, oh, powerlifting's boring. And like, like half the world thinks uh, football's boring. More than right. half. And more half the world baseball. thinks. Baseball. How many baseball movies and, have been? And some are, uh, Moneyball's an amazing movie. Like, yeah. it's not about that. Uh, and that's, I think, what I said in the video. I don't know. But I think you could build a story around some things. And no, no, that wasn't at you, Mr. Fahey. <laughs> I know. I, I haven't seen your movie yet. Heard it's wonderful. But that's like documentary, which yeah. has been done for bodybuilding as well. Right. Um, and telling, telling that story or behind the scenes. There's an insane amount of CrossFit and Strongman. Uh, documentaries out like on Netflix has so many now yeah well that the company that uh, did all the CrossFit uh, distributed all the CrossFit documentaries and Born Strong is doing the distribution for Michael's movie so got you good but there's like three like every year I feel like yeah there could be it's possible it's a lot very possible I I don't I mean sometimes we know the people making them and sometimes we don't it's interesting to me because it's hard to say because we're so into this so like I kind of like watching some of those because I've either met them or right. I've seen them or I know the history of it myself and so to see like kind of movies like oh that's cool so and so's in it um, but I wonder what the world thinks when they just turn on a CrossFit uh, that's a good question I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen the very first CrossFit one and I know that Jason Kalipa plays a big part in that because he won oh, and yeah, I yeah. love Jason Kalipa yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a great dude I just haven't ever watched it and Sometimes that kind of problem happens to us too, where like some of your best friends don't ever watch any of your content. Yeah, yeah. 
Which I, would, I really don't care. They would rather consume you in person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually better. It's almost better, I think, when people don't watch whatever I do. Uh, to a certain extent. Although uh, I, some of my closer friends are now listening to this show with frequency and Hi telling friends. me that they yeah actually like it. Well, it's weird, too. Like Even though you said that uh, Fahey watched the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I never even think because we show up like this and it's a weird art. We talk forever and then we throw it on the internet and pray. Yeah. But you don't know who's watching or not. No. And you never expect. I don't even, I guess for me, because I think of it as work, uh, we think of it as work, us, Bart, all our yeah. friends, like we show up, we schedule things, right? You and I are always texting about scheduling and this and that, coming up with topics, run by ideas. And so like when you treat it as work, you don't treat it the same as someone who just randomly posts on Facebook. Hey, I voted for Obama. And then you know your auntie and your sister are going to read that comment. Right. But we don't think of it that way. I think of it this as, as like almost a separate bubble of work. Yeah. Where if you work for the state or you're a doctor, you never think about your personal life coming into your work because they don't. Like this is work and yeah. it kind of stays out there. Right, right. I think that the biggest thing that people don't understand about any of this stuff uh, is that the subject is just whatever it is. The subject is powerlifting or, or CrossFit or weightlifting or whatever. And it's still entertainment. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, and, and the thing that happened was that the internet made it possible and like high quality cameras that you could buy and stuff made it possible for regular people to make high quality content Yeah, without having to go through a studio system or something like that. So that's the big deal, but it's still, it still conforms to the rules of, of real entertainment, you know? For sure. Yeah. There, there's one tie that hopefully gets you a spark, right? And ours was fitness and strength and conditioning and powerlifting. Right. And on Twitch it's video games and on a lot of YouTube it's comedy or Joe Rogan's whole crew, it was stand-up comedy or being right. funny. But like, the, how much do they actually talk about comedy? Or there's tons of episodes of their podcast that's not even funny. Like they're dead serious through the yeah. whole thing, you know. And yeah. it's, you start with a spark and a tie, but the rest of it is just yeah, content, uh, entertainment for some type of human connection or learning. Yeah, and uh, I freely admit that I made some um, content that was not. They didn't make anybody laugh for sure. Sure, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, of yeah it's it's like that. I mean, not intentionally. Intentionally, it was yeah, intentionally yeah. serious. Um, back to Florida. Yeah. I'm going to Florida in August. When are you going? Uh, May. May, I believe, I'll be at Disney World. Okay. Riding all the rides. They have so many rides. I was, <laughs> I watched so many YouTube videos. They, they talk about, uh, they have a new roller coaster, and then they update them all the time, which I yeah. didn't know. They, they, uh, uh, have like a, a real roller coaster, but it's, uh, seven doors. So you think of Seven Doors and you're like, oh, that's like a little kid ride. But this is like yeah. a real roller coaster, which looks sick. And then all the Epcot stuff, uh, which I haven't been to for, I think, 10 years. I think I went when I graduated high school with my dad. But that's super cool. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, so you would love Epcot. So Epcot is like this huge circle, huge fucking circle. And then each section is like a different country. And so they have like food and like touristy things and like stories yeah. for each country. So like, oh, right now I'm in China and they have like different stories and shops and food. And, oh, now I'm in Germany and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, I love that. Apparently, there's a thing where you can drink your way around the world. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's like a certain week out of a year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I think they have. They have like yeah. It's like the one place that has alcohol. I think in in Disney World. Oh yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. The only thing is crowds. I get a little weird with crowds, and then uh, swampy heat. L.A. does make more sense for Disneyland because it's like 70, and sometimes it's hot, but like 80. It's not that bad. Like Florida can be gross. Yeah. So you're waiting in lines. There's a bunch of freaking gross people around you. Everybody's sweating. I'm going to pack underwear in my fanny pack. <laughs> Extra underwear. <laughs> Swampy underwear is gross. I've gone back to uh, 
cotton underwear. I never really? thought I would. Yeah, because again, like uh, uh, spandex is more comfortable, I think, or like you know, like whatever boxer brief, yeah, spandexy yeah. things, athletics, and I power lift and basketball my whole life. Mm-hmm. Those are what just the norm. But it's not. It's not as. Uh, it's not as dry. That's for sure. They're yeah. called like dry fit, but it's not dry and it doesn't fit that well. And so cotton, I feel like it's a little bit more. I don't know. We need to come up with a new material. You know what would do it, and it sounds terrible for underwear. Was is those wool. I'll try it. I don't give have a you shit. ever done the wool socks, like wool hiking oh, socks? But isn't that too hot? Mm-mm. Oh, I'll try wool mm-hmm. underwear. They're pretty comfortable. My problem is I'm allergic to them. I, uh, itchy? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I bought a pair. Probably shouldn't do underwear then. I bought a pair. <laughs> Some people are going to have a problem with it. Most people don't. Um, I bought a pair because my wife was like, oh, yeah, uh, traveling, these are great because you don't really have to wash them. Uh, because yeah, yeah. They're, they're naturally not stinky. Yeah. They don't, there's no bacterial growth yeah, in yeah. them. And they handle moisture well and so uh makes sense is that a seinfeld episode oh possibly i, I think uh uh i was gonna turn to connor but he probably doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> no he's too busy watching 30 rock from the full house uh, uh i think uh they changed the yankees is it costanza starts working for the yankees right yeah. i think he changed like the jerseys it's like a genius idea of his to change the jerseys to, to, to wool, wool or cotton or something and it and they're all itching and they're freaking yeah, out like wool. middle of a game yeah yeah uh, well, it's supposed to be hypoallergenic, but it uh, it's not for me. Yeah, it depends I, on. Person. I had these socks in the UK, and like m- m- the second day of warm or third day of warm, my ankles and stuff started itching really bad. Oh, fuck that! And I had to just not wear them. I had to actually buy socks. I had to go into a little like crappy department store in um, Edinburgh and buy socks people say Lululemon's like the best material ever, or like girls say. And yeah. then I bought like Lululemon underwear, and it's not that good. Really, I was when I was. It was costing me a hundred dollars. It didn't, but it was something stupid expensive. And then it's like not that comfy, but yeah. it, it's not pure like spandex either. I should just buy some ladies' underwear, maybe a thong. Honestly, it doesn't. It sounds like crazy, but it's probably pretty comfy. Uh, possibly, I just would worry about how that. I don't know. That's all butt inner guys don't clean things as That's well true. as they. You know, they might. I just the whole. Free. The whole flossing thing in yeah. there just seems like a bad... And Commando know. isn't that comfy. No. Even though some guys say it is. I, uh, I, I'm not a Commando guy. Even at home, you know, I'll just throw on like sweats. I always got to have underwear on. Yeah, it's just yeah, not comfy. Uh, I always note that Jordan Syatt... Is he Commando guy? Commando guy, yeah. Maybe... Uh, Youngest Israeli Commando. True to that. <laughs> Maybe we should interview him about underwear. We safety. Should. We should. Like, Might as well. Will we do an episode on on, on underwear, yes or no? Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about something. Um, let's talk about joints, not this kind that you smoke. Not the Cali joints. Not the Cali joints. Um, joint cracking, joint popping. I think that the uh, the wives' tale, the con- conventional wisdom for a long time was that cracking your knuckles would make your knuckles get big. Or and arthritis. Arthritis earlier or whatever. But your body just, like, it cracks and shit all the time. Why is uh, – do you think that's just weird parents – because they say, like, oh, you jerk off and you get, uh, like, hair, hair on your hands. hands. Yeah. yeah. Is that, I mean, that's, blind. that's probably, like, a Catholic thing. <laughs> right? Anything, if it's guilt associated yeah. with it, it's typically, like, Catholic or Jewish. Yeah. So. so, jerking off, you get hair on your hands. Popping your knuckles, you get arthritis. Making a weird face, it stays that way. Right. I hate when that happens. Um, I do have fat knuckles, and I cracked my knuckles my whole life and my dad did have really bad arthritis in his hands like really bad like mm. sometimes he couldn't even like close his hands and he like at age 40 wow. and so and he always talked about that he's like yeah i cracked my knuckles I'm like shit 
another one. Uh, maybe this was just my dad. Uh, crust, bread crust, giving you hair on your chest. No. <laughs> maybe that's just my dad. <laughs> I do have a hairy chest, and I like uh, uh, crust. Yeah, I just eat the crust. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I I don't know if there's a cause and effect there, but I don't know uh, if that's Catholic either, or maybe just my dad. But uh, cracking and popping, I don't know about you. Every any time that I get down on a flat bench with dumbbells in my hand, my my back cracks. Yeah, and it's a very common thing. Uh, I think because my knees crack really loud when I squat. Yeah, and you used to be able like hear it in some videos, and oh, people yeah. would be like commenting, "It doesn't hurt, right?" Like, I mean, hopefully, all you like just cracked your knuckles. It doesn't hurt. Sometimes it does feel good. Uh, and people, oh man, Mike, you should get that checked out. But I think it's just a, a, a air capsule in your joint capsule or something. I probably learned about it at some point, and I don't know these smart things, but good thing we have a guest eventually coming. I just want it can't be like air, air, though, right? I mean, CO2 uh, or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something I else. don't know. I, I will say, however, that my, my shoulder's been jacked up for years, you know. Poppy? Right? Uh, not too poppy. Uh, no, it now it is. Yeah. It, I don't think it really was before, but like I can just sitting here, I'm it, it pops and pops. I'm doing... PT for it right now in the hopes of tightening that joint up. I guess I never really thought about that being the problem. But and there's I, different popping too. I think like a joint capsule, like your neck, your back, uh, yeah. my <laughs> and my crack. If you guys yeah. don't know that song, <laughs> but uh, they uh, there's also like um, like ligaments uh, rolling over a bone. So like right. on my thumb, I I feel it and it, it's literally just over and over. I could like kind of pop it. Yeah. It's not the same That's kind of. That's what I thought was going on on my shoulder, but they're telling me now that um, no. That my original injury, which was like over six years ago now, I think, uh, I was using an upper body supportive device at the time. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. Uh, it was a misloaded bar and uh, bench pressing. And uh, what I apparently did was force it out of the out of the joint. Yeah, so, subluxation. Yeah, you know, half half dislocation. Yeah, in and out. Yeah, apparently I did that, and I did a little damage to the uh, labrum at the time. But the issue is that it's loose, and yeah. it was probably a little bit loose before, and it's like really loose now. My my other hip, my right hip, has always been on the loose side, uh, but it, and it used to hurt all the time. And actually, before I started powerlifting, it was it would still hurt, and it would pop out and be uncomfortable. I didn't want to walk long distances because it would it would grind. Now it doesn't do that anymore. In part, I think, because everything is tight. Yeah, build some muscle. Hopefully, you build a ligament tendon. I think the other big popping conversation is Kairos, and that's who we're having on as a chiropractor. And like yeah. some of that never made sense to me as I started to dive and learn into fitness. Like the same thing with like foam rolling, and like people talking about like actual myofascial release. Like if you actually think you're releasing your fascia, like you're probably not thinking very logically. Like you think this foam thing is gonna physically manipulate my muscle tissue and yeah. fascia where like what if i bumped into a wall i'm bumping into a wall harder than that foam is you think it's going to make an indent in my fascia am i just going to have a 24 7 indent in my body <laughs> have a divot there right like your body doesn't work that way yeah. rather than you know I'm, i don't know how much science supports this or is this is just doctors or what i've i've read all these different you know Cairo's views pt's views different strength conditioning coaches use and what I at least believe uh, is more of like the the central nervous system connection or your brain protecting an area like if it's extra tight or if you have a Mm -hmm. knot the knot isn't localized by actual I mean the tissue is kind of bundled up but it's your brain protecting that area you can't and when you rub it out you're not actually rubbing it out like play-doh you're I mean you're not rubbing it out kids (laughs) you'll get hair on your hands Connor you never heard that (laughs) You got hairy knuckles. When you rub it out, you're yeah. not. You're telling your brain, "Hey, it's safe here." 
Yeah. And that's what myofascial release is actually doing. So your brain tells that muscle tissue to relax a little bit rather than you're actually like pushing your muscles around like Play-Doh. I think that that's, that's probably true. I know that uh, we're way off the, the, off the topic that yeah, we were already right. off of, but uh, I, I know that, that tissue can get constricted and the blood flow, it'll receive less blood flow. Fair. And that t- tissue can get actually crunchy. You can get, you know, like yeah. like uh, if you do like a trigger point injection into it when the needle's going in, it sounds like like yeah, styrofoam. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? I just feel like you can't manipulate that tissue with manual therapy, and or you can, but you're not manually changing it. You're telling you're you're telling you're, the brain it's, it's safe. It's, it's a it's, trigger, like you kind of said. Yeah, it's more of a um, neurological thing. And this is all going to be answered in the next upcoming episode, or whatever we babble <laughs> about, because we're having uh, Jordan Shallow, the muscle doc. For those that don't know, um, doctor. Jordan Shallow, P- uh, chiropractor, chiropractor. Uh, powerlifter, um, strong, strong man, uh, Canadian, Canadian, uh, very funny dude. I've known him for a couple of years now. Uh, he helped me out with some of my back issues when we were going through it. Um, but he is, he is, a, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but I feel like he's kind of a newer aged Cairo where he's looking more at the whole body where stereotypically, and we'll have some physical therapists on here to argue against us or argue against Jordan <laughs> eventually. But a lot of people think, all right, Cairo's are you know, kind of dealing with the whole body and the system, but mostly the spine, and they're going to adjust your spine and crack your spine. And when they crack your spine, they're going to fix everything. Where PTs, um, I do think, go through a little bit more school. I might be wrong. It's a PhD. Yeah. For, and for most, you know, like a Kelly Starrett yeah. PhD. And they're, and they're going to try to deal with more of uh, what's causing the issue and they're more um, rehab, prehab type stuff. Um, and some people believe. Uh, Stereotypically or historically, that chiros are a little bit more like an Eastern type medicine, yeah. an ancient type uh, practice, where PTs are more, I guess, scientific. Um, and I think Jordan is a really good guest and a really good guy because he he learns from everything. Uh, the conversations I've had with him on podcasts, off podcasts, on YouTube, off YouTube, um, he he's a little bit more open minded than some chiros I've mm. dealt with in the past. He's um, very much into explaining the mechanics of how th- how things work, you know, exercises and what they exactly what they do and and what should they what should they be doing that's a big difference i guess too is chiros don't i guess a good one hopefully knows how the body works and talks about exercise and movement mm-hmm. patterns but pts are more into movement patterns and how things work where chiros are often into like the spine and what's kind of happening on the inside yeah we'll um we'll actually we'll expand on that that topic in a minute but we have anything most else knuckles? on knuckles or <clears throat> i think the arthritis knees. thing i want to know if there's anything bad when I crack my knuckles, because I crack my neck a lot too. Sometimes my traps just get tight and it feels like it's holding my neck stiff. Yeah. It's all cracking. It feels a little bit better. What's happening? Does it actually feel better? Is it doing good things? Mm-hmm. And then I guess the other main thing that everyone wants to know is why the heck's a Cairo cracking my back when I can crack my own back? What the heck are you fixing? That's a good question. The other thing when I had was, um, it had to do with like fingers and knuckles and stuff and massage because I had, I had massage like last week before last, whatever. And my guy, who's actually next door to us here, uh, spent a long time on this arm because it just seems really tight because this is the side where everything is fucked up, my neck and my shoulder and stuff. And he spent a lot of time on my my forearm and then got down into the wrist and into the into the into my hand. And then when he would pull my fingers, they would pop. Yeah, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and not all of them did. It was weird. Like three of them did, but these two didn't. The these are the ones that are most closely related to the ulnar nerve. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it's something. And and, and popping, like you said or we said, is just so common. Like you, just, I just bend over, and pick up, tie my shoe right now. Something's gonna pop probably. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's that's probably a good place to uh, tie this one off and move ourselves over to our conversation with Dr. Jordan Shallow. You ready to dive in, buddy? Yeah, man. So our first question revolved around noisy joints, popping joints, cracking your knuckles, shoulders that pop, uh, all that stuff. Is it good? Is it bad? Yeah, and what the hell is it? Why is what my the hell shit is it? Uh, I, I think it's very it's variant based off of what joints in question. Uh, so like knuckles is the really popular one, right? Like yeah. the, the mom science of like, don't try this. Altogether bullshit. Longitudinal studies uh, can pretty much disprove that outright. Uh, but it's a lot different mechanism of, mechanism of correction, like say, um, like at your thumb or your index finger than it is in your spine. Um, and which is different again at your shoulder or your hip. So it really depends on what joint in question. I would say as a general rule, no, it's never bad. Um, I think what people should, from like a chiropractic perspective, I think what people should maybe like get out of their head because we're kind of known for like, you know, cracking necks and or like popping your back or whatever. I think the idea should sort of the, the narrative should sort of shift from you know, this bone out of place model, this like, we're like realigning. I think that like alignment word is, is um, maybe a little bit misleading and leads to kind of like a dose dependent model. Like where any, it's almost like a mechanic where anyone goes, Oh yeah, no, there's something wrong with this and this, and we got to do this. And it's going to cost you X. It's like, well, if you don't know anything about cars, you're like, okay, well, I guess that's what it is. And it's the same thing with like chiropractic. It can be kind of predatory where you can be like, Oh, like you're totally out of alignment. And then the people get it in their heads and then they sort of become like hypochondriacs. Like, oh God, I'm out of alignment. I need to go get aligned. So at like what we're known for, I guess, as a profession is like, you know, popping backs or whatever. I would say that mechanism of correction is actually more at the level of, of like the muscles involved. Like, so you have muscles in your spine that, um, that basically regulate position between vertebra to vertebra as a means of protecting your spinal cord. Um, so when those sort of have a perception of like an increase in length, because you've you know, you, you bend over to tie your shoe and then like you step on your kid's toy and you rotate and you twist and your back like, oh, it's like slipped a disc. It's like, no, likely it was just one of those muscles being taken to like a supreme end range. And rather than slipping your disc, your muscle actually helped protect the two relative bones it's attached to by going into spasm and stopping you from moving further. So then coming in and like popping, air quote, popping your back in that position is is a passive means of activating a stretch reflex that you otherwise couldn't activate so think of you know your shoulders are tight you stretch them you know ballistic stretching or static stretching whatever similar idea similar mechanism of correction at the level of um of the vertebra in your spine um but yeah very much uh it's variant based off of joint but being a chiropractor the one we get questioned on the most is um, is like the popping of the back so that's kind of like that's without putting too fine a point on it. That would be kind of my short answer to that. And that's just trying to uh, when you are aligning or trying to uh, pop your back uh, on that same instance, right? I, I, I stepped on a skateboard and freaking flipped like a cartoon or something. Uh, you're just trying to kind of tell those muscles like, "Yo, chill out. Things are safe." Similar to any other kind of modality, right? Like an ART or something of that nature. You're just trying to have that muscle relax. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I, I could be like, all right, Mike, what we're going to do, I want you to flex your bicep and you throw up like the front dub. And then I'm like, all right, I want you to Man, flex Man, do your I quad. look good. This is a good right? idea, buddy. Yeah. 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 But then I said, all right, Mike, I want you to flex your multifidus. And it feels weird, but I'm doing it. It feels weird, yeah, but I'm doing but, it. But like, 
Uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is the muscles in your back that go vertebra to vertebra that sort of protect relative end ranges of motion so as a means of protecting your nervous system and your, your spinal cord. Those muscles are independent to our voluntary control based off of their, uh, their innervation, right? So we use the bicep as an example. We use the quad as an example. Those are muscles that we can control voluntarily um, by using the ventral spinal nerves. Where the motor output for the muscle, like multifidus, uh, used as an example, uh, like your inner spinal, inner spinal musculature, they're actually innervated by what's called your dorsal horn. So, like uh, ventral means it comes out of the front of the spinal cord or anterior, and dorsal means it comes out of the back or posterior. So, the majority of our posterior nerves are actually sensory input nerves, except the motor branches that go to these very important muscles in your back. Um, so. Regardless of what we're doing, man, like whether it's training, whether it's treatment, all the adaptations we're really trying to make are at the level of the nervous system. So it's about using like external means to get at the nervous system to make change, right? Like whether that change is like you're trying to get stronger or whether that change is you're trying to increase the perception of mobility, stability or strength. It's about like perception. It's about working at the level of like the brain essentially. So more often than not, we can use muscles like you know, say like you're like you blew we blew out your rotator cuff. It's like okay, we can train stability at the muscle. We can work on the muscles of the rotator cuff. But because the the depth of these muscles and without voluntary control of the muscles at the level of the spine, we do need to have like a passive external stimulus for a brief period of time, just to get that. Um, I guess you almost call it, look at it like a length tension relationship, sort of back to like homeostasis, back to normal. Then once you're in that position, then you look to you know, stabilize muscles of the spine rather than just constantly be hammering on them and adjusting them, which I think is somewhat of a predatory model that gets bred out of this idea of like a misalignment. That makes sense. What about uh, situations with um, like shoulders and hips that just that pop? Like Mike and I are both sitting here with shoulders that that pop. One pops, the other one doesn't pop. Click, pop, click, something yeah, like clicks. that. Okay, so clicks are usually indic- uh, indicative of like of reproducibility. Yeah. Like shoulder like will click on every rep, right? Yeah. Where like a hip will pop getting out of the truck. So the difference there would be usually clicking is more of like a mechanical, like almost friction. That's usually, um, I mean, they're both indi- indicative, er, indicative rather of like some level of dysfunction. Um, so let's get, let's go with the hip, like snapping hip or snapping knee syndrome is like a common diagnosis for what's called iliotib- iliotibial band syndrome. So it's basically you have too much instability at the hip. It's creating tension at the iliotibial band as it crosses like this bony prominence at your uh, trochander, at, like the bone in your hip that you can like press on when you sit in a chair. Essentially, uh, clicking is um, is just repetitive dysfunction. And then popping is more like that repetitive dysfunction leads to like a lack of centration of the actual joint in question. Cause there, there was two commonalities or there was a commonality across the two examples that you just picked, right? Shoulder and hip. They're both ball and socket joints. Right. Right. It's not like we talked about clicking, um, you know, clicking at the, the elbow necessarily or popping at the elbow. It, they, these usually occur at ball and socket joints, joints that have the greatest amount of freedom of movement across all three planes which then requires them to have the greatest amount of stability as well. So like if you have access to greater mobility, you also need to have sort of the responsibility for those muscles to be, or the joint to be stabilized functionally in end ranges. Um, 
So it's really a matter of um, where, and I guess the differentiating between the click and the pop, they're not bad. It's just information, right? Like basically when you deal at the level of like a manual therapist, all we can do is kind of a diagnosis by exclusion. Cause like you could get an MRI of your shoulder, of your hip and they could find some stuff, you know, like maybe your labrum's frayed or maybe your infraspinatus is like partially torn, but they could be absolutely, have absolutely zero bearing on pain and zero bearing on like the actual clicking and popping sensation that you feel. So unless we look at gold standard, like functional assessments of the joints where this popping and clicking is happening, there's no point in actually having a gold standard structural assessment of what could be contributing to it. Because at the end of the day, unless you're going to go under the knife for it, there's nothing we can do or there's nothing we should do other than look to address proper function at each one of these joints. So uh, some clicking or some popping uh, may, may be a sign that something's wrong, but it may not be. Like, like uh, I remember old uh, YouTube videos that I used to make, and my knees just snap like every time I'm warming up squats, like loud enough for people to hear, kind of like a, a finger knuckle snap, you know, or, or pop. Uh, um, but I got no pain. Yeah, it's, it's a light on the dashboard, man. You know, like it says check the engine. Shit, my my F one fifty. That's the only thing that works on that piece of shit. Is that <laughs> is that is that is that check engine light, right? But and I'm gonna drive it like it, nothing's happened yet. But I mean, in a perfect world, like that wasn't always the case, right? It's, take someone who hasn't, you know, pursued barbell sports and and maybe pursued like strength in dysfunctional positions, like low bar squatting, sumo deadlifting. You know, I don't care how many times you throw up the starting strength sitting on the toilet fucking guy. Like, it's just, it's not functional, man. Like, hip function is gait cycle. And then by extension of that, shoulder function is, uh, I mean, I always look at pitchers and maybe boxers as, like, integrative shoulder function, as, like, models of integrative shoulder function. So, yeah, it's it's not normal. Um, some people, you know, they hear a pop once, and then next thing you know, they're getting surgery the next day. Right. right? They're, they're, just, they're just fragile individuals. And then you got some people who are like, you know, you, it sounds like a gunshot from the other side of the room and then it feels good. And then the rest of the workout's golden. So it's, it, it's consider your options of not addressing it or addressing it and what you have to lose at either end. Right. So I always lean towards the conservative side of like, if you start seeing something like that, you don't need to get poked or prodded or necessarily adjusted. It's like, you need to find someone who understands the function. Like, what is this, what does this look like? And what does this sound like when it's working normally? Right. Like, it's not about, it's not about like, uh, you don't pay a plumber to bang on the pipes. You pay him to know which pipes to bang on. Mm. Right. That's kind of like the approach you should take when improving function. Like that sounds like a real in... Canadian country saying, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. I've never yeah, heard that. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's it, 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 people get it though. Right. Cause like, that should be like a role of a chiropractor. That should be a role of a physical therapist. Like you're the marksman, man. I just want to tell you where to shoot. How's that? American enough for you? Yeah, that was better. That was a little better. Now <laughs> um, I get it. Yee-wee! But, um, but, you know, I think that's it. Is like, I don't necessarily improve function when I, like, poke and prod. And I don't adjust too, too often in, in the office. But it's about setting a roadmap as using that, like, adjusting that, that popping, cracking as an adjunct yeah. to help actually improve function of the joint. Yeah, that was one of the first things uh, when you started helping me out with my back. You're just like, yeah, man, like you're, you're 200 pounds. I've been squatting for like 10 years. Me just snapping your back one time probably was not going to do much. Let's try to figure out what's <laughs> happening here. Uh, and if I do adjust you, it's because I'm trying to figure out this or that or the other. And then you use big words and lost me. But uh, <laughs> when you first started, it made sense to me. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the, the goal for me is like less is more, man. Like if 
someone comes over the top with some like egregious like oh you know what you're probably gonna have to come in like five times a week and tell your dad or until my boat's paid off or whatever it's like fuck <laughs> you man like it's such a it's such a predatory business model but it's it's fear-mongering and uh, and maybe in some ways it's it's based off ignorance like maybe just unless you deal with athletes all the time like and you're just dealing with like gen pop people maybe people think they're actually genuinely helping people when they're doing that but it's the give a man a fish, teach a man a fish. It's like, I'd much rather educate people and be like, Hey, here's your problem. I'm going to go on the road for six months. Here's how you fix it without <laughs> having to come bug me every week and have me like poke and prod and crack and snap. So, so the shoulder that I have that makes the most noise is the one that hurts the most. And I should assume there's probably some kind of correlation there. Um, yeah, it's hard to say, right? Like, um, without like a, a deep dive into it i would imagine like that there is a correlation but i've seen the opposite to be true as well like you know one shoulder our elbow snaps and pops and mm -hmm. it's the other one that hurts and maybe it's like you're sh you, maybe you're imbalanced on your other shoulder and you're actually loading too much more like more into the side that's painful just because it has to has to bear more of a brunt than it otherwise would have to if the non-painful shoulder was functioning at 100 percent mm. so I, that's actually, I think, how I injured it. Well, I know how I, that's how I injured it. I, it was um, a misload, let's say, on the bench press while I was wearing, let's say, an upper body supportive device <laughs> that allowed me to keep pressing when I should not have been able to keep pressing. And the theory seems to be that I maybe forced it out uh, a li little bit and then it popped back in and it's hurt ever since. So. Uh, so there's that, and there's that. MRI seem just seems to show I had a, a partial tear of the supraspinatus, and then uh, the labrum kind of looks a little shitty because I'm in my mid fifties, so uh, it's going to look shitty anyway, and it may or may not have anything to do with anything. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Unless you have someone look at the function of it, the black and white superimposed image of you standing there likely in a position where you weren't in pain, not doing the exercise that caught it's, it's you like, it's not transferable at all. Right. Like MRIs to me are, and they're necessary. Don't get me wrong. Like they're, they're definitely red flags for advanced imaging, but mm. I think a lot of people use it as a scapegoat because they can't effectively create and scale a functional assessment. That's gold standard to the patient in front of them. They get the same seven ortho clusters for each joint that they were learned that they learned from a professor that learned it a hundred hundred years ago, <laughs> and it's like oh well, well, nothing to see here. It's just like it's like me walking outside, going like oh, squirrels don't exist. Don't see a squirrel today. It's like it's got to be more sophisticated than that. Uh, I don't need to wash my hands because I can't see germs. That guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the answer is uh, stop bench pressing, or here we're going to have surgery in three weeks. Like, yeah, th th there's got to be an in between. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, and it's hard, right? Like, because you you got to hope that like not all these people are just like money hungry butchers. Like, they think they're helping people. Like, you know, don't explain with malice what can be explained with ignorance. And it's like unless you're dealing on like at a high frequency with people who are pushing the envelope physically, it's like. You know, you could do a surgery where, like, they've done sham surgeries where they've just cut people, like, mm -hmm. just, just to leave a scar. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel, Mrs. Robinson? Yeah, I feel good. It's like, we didn't do shit. It's yeah, all in your head. Right. Wild. So, but I don't think that my, and like, my thing is like, use performance, right? Like, performance is, performance doesn't have a natural history. Like, you know, say you like you're, I don't know, you're on a flight and your neck kind of hurts, right? Give it like 12 days. 
give it 12 days. There's pretty good natural history for like idiopathic neck pain, like non-insidious idiopathic neck pain. Basically your neck hurts. You don't know why, but nothing's broken. Mm. 12 days, 14 days. You'll be good. Go see a chiropractor, go see a physical therapist. And eh, maybe they cut it down to like five days. Like their goal is to beat natural history. But if you don't like understand performance, you're not like, say you suck at lifting. Like, all right, you're still going to suck at lifting in 12 days. You're still going to suck at lifting in 12 months. Like if you don't change this trajectory to look to improve function and then have like an objective measure of progress based off of something tangible rather than just subjective, like pain is pain is easy, man. It's, it's performance is hard. True. True. Makes sense. Uh, like one last point on the popping, popping joints, uh, had a massage last week. My massage therapist is basically in the office next door here. And uh, he spent a long time working on my forearm because that's the side that everything is fucked up. And he gets down to my hand, and when he pulls my fingers, they pop. Not all of them, but uh, three of the five pop. Would they have popped before? And does it mean anything that they're suddenly popping? Is it really? Is it relaxing up the chain and it just causing it so that them so that uh the joints get a little bit freed up and they're able to make that pop or any ideas oh god i wouldn't even claim to know okay i had the well here's like here's it maybe like an overarching theme like the takeaway from that is like an internal stimulus is always more more effective than an external stimulus right mm. so like i mean getting a massage and having someone pull on your finger and it's like okay but like what are either one of those doing? It's like you're going to cause like a transient change to like blood flow within a muscle because someone's leaning on you or you're going to cause a transient change in alignment of like your your metacarpal joints in your hand. Like, okay, that's fine. But it's think of like um, the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Like visible light exists on wavelengths that we can actually pick up. Like we have the instruments to see within a certain frequency to another. Right. And then now it's like, we know x-rays exist. We didn't see them. Like we can be in an x-ray, but we can't necessarily see x-rays based off the frequency. Same with like, uh, wow, geez, I don't know what's the gamma rays or something like that. Like they're there. We can't see them, but it's like when it comes to like movement, it's like passive stuff like that, like someone pulling on your finger, like massaging your forearms. Mm -hmm. Think of that being on like the softer side outside of our purview of like the electromagnetic spectrum of visible light, right? Where it's like, it's very passive. The idea is to maybe get you to a place where you can start to control movement internally rather than externally. Because then if you end up on the other side, like a gamma ray side, then it's like, now you're talking, it's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be moving stuff. It's not going to be passive external it's not going to be active internal it's going to be passive external with a knife and then we then we go back to zero we go back to go home and just collect two hundred dollars and then start the whole process over again you know what i mean so it's like the passive modalities like you know someone even adjusting you or massage are great but it should be getting you to a point where it's within your own purview of control and you can actually start to make these changes within your own nervous system like you know take the graston thing for example like someone scrapes you up with a steel rod and it's like okay yeah maybe promote some blood flow externally and passively but you know what else does a really good job of that internally and actively is loading mm. putting f fucking weight in your hands or putting weight yeah. on your back or running and loading same or running yeah so it's like that's an internal stimulus that's going to get a much more like profound and lasting adaptation but it's not necessarily dose dependent because if we keep the, you know the foot on the throttle and we're running a marathon a day it's like all right 
Now we've gone too far past the one end of the spectrum. Now we end up on a surgeon's table, mm. right? Now it's outside of our control again, but now it's catastrophic. Now it's like, now you need to go all the way back to where it's still outside your control, go to a physical therapist, go to a massage therapist, get your rehab done post-op. And the idea is like, you want to stay centered in that active, uh, internally driven stimulus range or in that purview where we're in control, like we're at the wheel. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. The the external foam rolling, whatever, whatever is popular on Instagram, uh, on the scheme of stimulus is way less than, or maybe the food you put in your body, or like you said, lifting or running or long term stimulus um, to an actual muscle or or whatever tissues you're trying to address. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's an outstanding takeaway from the whole thing that really didn't necessarily. Uh, have to have an outstanding takeaway so uh where can people find you jordan uh easiest place instagram at the underscore muscle underscore doc podcast uh itunes spotify it's called rx radio rx apostrophe d radio uh online www.pre-script.com to do all our exercise programming uh i don't have a home address anymore because i usually leave that um but yeah that's that's where you can find me awesome thanks a lot man Thanks again to Dr. Jordan Shallow for being on the show. You can find Mike, Silent Mike with two Ks, on all the platforms where he exists. You can find me at the Jim McD on all the platforms that where I exist. The show is 50% facts, 50% as a word, facts on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we will catch up with you next time. Please let your friends know about this show. If you enjoy this show, tell a friend and hit us up with a rating review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Also, check out the documentary Transformer on Netflix. Mike and I are in it a little bit. 